Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, joined by the great Nick Hudson. Uh, unfortunately, we are here talking about a Cubs loss. It feels weird. I had to change the logo on my hat. I haven't taken that W off in, like, I'm not even kidding. It, it might have been, like, four and a half weeks. It's been incredible. Uh, this thing, like, didn't even want to stick tonight. That's how long it's been. But before we get into anything baseball, Mr. Hudson, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, man. Uh, you know, tough one to swallow, obviously, tonight. But overall, I'm doing great. Um, I think they're going to be able to bounce back from this, and I'm excited to talk about some things on how they can do so. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, because everybody was riding high, right? Obviously, uh, our, our friends over at Dingers were live last night. A great show from them, as always. Uh, and the Cubs got a win, right? Good good way to start off the week. We love a Monday when the Cubs win. They they managed to pull it out of their asses um, despite a – up and down game to say the least seven, six victory on Monday and a little bit of a different narrative tonight with the eight to six loss. Uh, Drew Smiley, you're losing pitcher. No surprise there. We'll talk about that here in a second. Lang picks up his 19th save of the season and it's Holton who ends up being the winning pitcher for the Tigers. Um, and for what it's worth, Holton uh, one and one thirds innings gets him the dub tonight after their starter Olsen went four and two thirds, giving up six earned Nick. Let's 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 let's, Let's address the elephant in the room at this point. Plain and simple. Drew Smiley was not good tonight. Uh, at the end of the day, that right now is really, to me, what stood out as the difference here. Because three and two-thirds, eight hits, seven earned runs, three walks, four Ks, and the two bombs. Just not a good stat line, especially when Hayden Wesneski gives you two and a third of just one hit, two walk, five K ball. Palencia gets you a clean inning. And then, yeah, Quas got into some shit there in, in, in the, uh, you know, in the eighth inning, but ultimately minimized the damage with just the one run there, which again, normally on a night where your offense manages to put six runs on the board, things are okay. And you should get good enough pitching, but man, oh man, it, it really, I don't know about you, Nick, but tonight felt like the night that solidifies that Drew Smiley should no longer be a starter on this Cubs team. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately I, I thought that before um, they had to do this. So I was unhappy to see him starting tonight in general. A lot of Cubs fans were um, and exactly what I thought was going to occur occurred. I mean, they were sitting on that curveball. He wasn't setting it up. He was serving up meatballs right down the plate, just very flat, very, very flat. And uh, it's disappointing that, in a competitive window right now that they can't get a little more aggressive with that starting pitching role. Cause I mean, you're going to need better starting pitching down the stretch coming up here. 100%. And it, it, it's so crazy how this season has played out with the starting rotation right now. Cause you look at, you know, early on, it was, you know, opening day, your starting five is steel Stroman, Tyone, Smiley and Wes Neske. Wesneski goes through some growing pains in the starting role. Obviously a lot of trouble kind of with um, with the lefties, especially throwing that sinker in on them. Gives up a lot of long balls, gets relegated to the pen, right? And then, you know, Drew Smiley, good first two months of the season. Really strong first two months. And then from June onward, just downward spiral, right? Kyle Hendricks comes back as healthy, has had some bumps, but overall has pitched pretty well. Like, I think, I think everybody's okay with Kyle Hendricks being considered a fourth or fifth starter on this ball club. 
But what's unfortunate is you have Jameson Tyone going in the right direction for the most part. A little bit of a, a rough outing two outings ago, but really cleaned it up against the Royals and overall looked really solid in that start. And then you've got Justin Steele pitching at a Cy Young caliber right now. But then you have Marcus Stroman dealing with the injury that you know is just getting worse because of the rib cartilage that he's now yeah. dealing with. So, you know, it, it's funny, Nick, because uh, our fellow co-host here in, in one and only Mr. Tyler Edmonds brought it up a lot after the deadline saying he really wishes the Cubs would have went out and gotten one more starting caliber pitcher for this rotation just in case this kind of shit happened. And yes, Javier Assad has been great. I mean, look what he did Monday, even with, you know, a little bit of gotten to some trouble there in the sixth inning, but ultimately gives you five and a third, you know, five hits, just the two earned runs, two walks, four Ks from Assad. Still is a beautiful 313 ERA. But they really need like kind of a fourth guy right now. You know what I mean? Because it's not Smiley. You, you, you've got Assad, you've got Hendricks, Tyone's been good, and you've got Steele. They just need to find somebody that can eat some innings for them right now. And I don't know if that guy's Wes Neske, because I kind of like him in that two and two thirds, three inning roll out of the pen. Yeah. yeah. But it, it sure as hell ain't Drew. And it really does make me wonder if they should have acquired even just depth pit starting pitching, right? Not necessarily, yeah. you know, I, I saw a comment on Twitter, um, in some interactions actually with Tyler and, and the Cubs on tap count and other people that, you know, follow and listen to the show. And they said, well, the, the, the pitching price tag at the deadline was stupid. Supposedly, you know, the pirates wanted PCA for David Bednar. Well, David <laughs> Bednar has four years of control understood why they would yeah. want a top prospect for a legitimate reliever. And same thing with Mitch Keller, right? Keller is still under con- team control for, for plenty of years. But you could have easily gone out and gotten a guy who is a free agent at the end of the year. Maybe he's not elite or not putting up great numbers, but even a guy in the with a four to four fifty ERA, right? Yeah. At that point, it's just about eating innings, eating the more yeah. than it is about being elite. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You're right. And at this point, you're you have to be eating innings, and you have to be thinking about that. Especially we're so late in the season now at this point. So. I, I agree with Tyler 100%. I think that they should have gone out and got someone, like you said, even like a guy with a you know, 330 to 40 ERA, that would be fine. Just someone that can kind of hold the ship down in case there was an injury or in case you know someone did go through a really rough patch because uh, it's it's definitely now happened. And we didn't think that this was this starting rotation would be as big of a question mark like about a month ago, we were not feeling this way. So it's, it's quite crazy how this is all turned around, but you're right. Like, where do you get the innings? Cause I think Wisniewski is a great little weapon that comes out for those like two, almost three innings where he can just like kind of put out fires, also hold things down and let the offense revive itself and come back. Um, So like, that's very big. And do you want to get rid of that? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, you already had Assad who was in the bullpen now in, in the starting rotation. So it's going to be challenging, but Drew Smiley cannot start another game. You can't afford that if you're going to be in like this tight of a race. Yeah, and I, I agree completely with you there, Nick, because like you said, it, it's not like you're just trying to crawl to the end of the season, right? This team is in a playoff window. They're in a competing window right now 
for the playoffs, you're you're firmly entrenched in that second spot in the wild card. As Jay says here in the comments, the Giants lost tonight. So at least that's good. The Cubs don't lose ground in the wild card chase. But now you're you're leaving it in the hands of the Brewers, who can now gain another game on you in the standings if they win tonight. You know what I mean? And you already and again, like it, it, I, I said it on Sunday's show, and and I, you know. Scott kind of said, but they won two out of three. Why are you upset? Because right now, with how oddly good the the Brewers are playing, with only one one player in their everyday lineup that has an above average OPS, that's unbelievable. Statistically, they are they are playing well. They swept the Rangers. They had an off day yesterday, but now you've got they've got two with the Twins, and I don't know what they're doing right now against the Twins. And, and it's I'll, seven I'll three, up. buddy. <laughs> Not good Brewers? news. Yeah, 7-3 Brewers. There you yeah. go. Perfect there example. Go. So yeah. now tonight, because of a loss to the Tigers, the Cubs are going to be, what, three and a half back? Three and if a I half do my back. math correctly? Yeah. Three and a half games back now of these Brewers who you just cannot seem to catch, which doesn't make sense. And again, continues to hype up that series for next week at Wrigley Field and why that's yeah. going to be so important. So, Nick, I, I want to ask you because – there's some interesting comments here. Or one interesting comment here from Hank in, in in our comment section here on YouTube. And first off, uh, shout out to everybody listening and commenting along with us. Again, if you want to comment along with us, if you're watching over on X, formerly known as Twitter, um, you can go over to the YouTube, hit subscribe, little bell button. You know the drill. You'll know when all our shows go live, including Cubs on tap. But Hank says here, he says, so hard to overcome the stubbornness of Ross. He has such a reluctance to play the younger guys. Wesneski, Horton, or Wicks should be starting instead of Smiley. And I would say Horton's too far away. I, I don't think that's realistic. Horton just got to double A. Yeah. It's too early. You don't want to rush pitchers. That's just as much of a crime as not giving guys a shot, in my opinion, when it comes to pitching. Pitching is like goaltending in the NHL, is like quarterback in the NFL, is like, you know, point guard in the NBA. Like, they're probably the guys that need the most time to develop into truly what they become. I don't know if the NBA example is a good one. I'm not a basketball guy. I will put my hand up and say that. But one of those names that Hank mentioned, Nick, you and I were talking a little bit about, our friends over at Dingers discussed last night, and that's Jordan Wicks. Because he's been really, really good down in AAA Iowa over the course of the last seven starts that he has down there. Made 13 starts at AA Tennessee to begin the year. Then he bounces over to Iowa. His first three outings, not super great. Gave up three earned runs in every single outing. um, And only went four and a third, four and a third, and five. And then gave up another four inning, uh, three run start in Iowa. But... Since then, in his last four starts, five, 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 four and two thirds, one earned in three of those games, two earned in the other one, has not walked more than one guy. Actually, in totality, in those four starts, he's only walked. Uh, one, two, 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 two. Oh, maybe a little more than that. Sorry, I was looking at hit batters. That's my bad. Hasn't walked more than three in an outing, but his latest outing struck out seven. And four and two thirds. And Nick, I think it's it would be exciting to see a guy like Wicks. And something that I'm going to refer to in my article that'll be coming out over at ontapsports.com tomorrow. My only fear, and even with as Scott says, I'm not going to argue or disagree with Scott here because he's 100 percent right. Is Wesneski all the way back? 
or pardon me, West Nasty, all the way back. He says his August numbers, 10 innings pitch, six hits, the, just the three earned runs, four walks, nine Ks. I agree. Hayden's been great, but the problem with these guys, Wicks has not pitched more than five innings except for once all season between double and triple A. All of his starts are in that four to five inning range. He's gone six once in 20 starts once. So don't get me wrong. I would take five innings of Wicks over three and two thirds of what Smiley did tonight. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, Yeah, I, I think where some of the, the reluctances and kind of back to that point about the stubbornness with Ross. And I would, I want you to go on a little bit of a rant here, Nick, and, and tell me what you're thinking. My fear with a guy like Hayden Wesneski or even a Jordan Wicks, how much length are they going to give you at this point in the season? Because right now it's not necessarily about effectiveness. It is. Don't get me wrong. But you want effectiveness and length from your starting pitcher because if you're dipping in and having to use Hayden Wesneski in two and a third every two to three days, that's going to burn him out. And then you burn another bullpen weapon that this team has. They rely on their starters to be able to go six, six and a third, six and two thirds, which Tyone Steele and, and Hendricks have been able to do on a consistent basis and even Assad up until the start last night. But that last starting spot right now can really get this bullpen into some trouble, especially because you don't have another off day until a week from Thursday. You have a lot of baseball to be played between now and then. And then you got four games in three days after that off day. They need their bullpen to be there. And to me, putting Wesneski in the starting rotation, I don't know if that gives you enough length right now because he's probably not stretched out. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. And I mean, it, it's, it's a really tough thing because I do agree with Hank. I think that Ross does have a tendency to not play young guys. I mean, look at Morrell for the longest time. He wasn't getting them every day at bats. And he would always say, well, we're going to find a spot for him. Um, but he wasn't in the lineup. And then, you know, there's been other instances as well. But in this sense, I think that like you said, the quality of Smiley and Wicks, those five innings that you get, or, or two, to, two to three innings, you're you're looking at better quality from Wicks at this point than Drew Smiley. So why would you, like you said, waste the bullpen arms and all that on Smiley? So I I think it's a no brainer. I just I wonder what direction they're gonna go. Will they go young? I doubt it. I think they're going to look for an in-house option that they can kind of trust. And I think Wes Nasty is probably going to be the the guy that they go to. Because I, I don't think that the um, – like Hank said, I don't think that they like to play young guys, especially now. Um, I think they're just too scared. And I think it needs to be done because it's an aggressive move that when you're in a competitive time like this, you need moves that are a little risky but have reward. I mean, with great risk comes reward. So – it's it's tough. I wouldn't want to be in their position right now, but like Tyler said, could have avoided this if you just went out and got a subpar arm. It didn't even need to be a great arm. It just had to be, like we said, someone to eat innings. So really this is on the front office at this point. Yeah, and I think to to a fault, at least like the last two days, what I've noticed, I, I, under, I know people are saying, well, Ross is stubborn. He won't take guys out of the game when they start to struggle. 
the reason he's not doing that is because he also doesn't want to dip into the bullpen right away. Like this yeah. is this is managing with future in mind as well, which unfortunately you have to do to a semi extent when you play 162 games in what is it like 185 days or some stupid shit like that. It's a lot of baseball in a very very short amount of time, and you know it, it would be very interesting. And a very interesting thought here from, from Mr. Juice, which big old shout out to Juice. He's over. Uh, they must have just gotten done with our friends over at uh, Golf on Tap. If you haven't checked them out, they were talking about the BMW Championship. We were there live covering it all weekend. Juice among those on uh, site over the weekend. But as he says here, Scott is right. Just use West Nasty and piggyback with a guy like Drew Smiley. I think that's also a great option that they could do as well because you can get, you know, you know, because Scott's asked, how long would it take to get Wes Neske stretched out to four or five or five or six innings? Probably a few weeks. And yeah. unfortunately, they just don't have that time right now. But again, I like the idea. If you can piggyback Wes Neske and, and Smiley and get an effective six to seven innings between the two of them, I'm not against that at all. Assuming that, again, you just operate. Because the one thing I think we do have to consider, Nick, is the September expansion is coming. Now, granted, it's not the old September expansion, right? It's not, hey, it's a 40-man roster. You're calling up 14 guys. It's not like that anymore. You no. only get two additional roster spots now. It it, it it balloons up to 28 roster spots. But that's still another bullpen arm that you can add. And I yep. think that could allow the, the team to operate in that kind of that work. That being said... They also have to think about, though, that double header with the Reds because you're going to have to pitch somebody, which that's why I think that's when I think that's when we see Jordan Wicks for the first time is in that double header against the Reds. I really do. I wouldn't be mad if we saw him sooner, but that if we're going to see him in the next two weeks, that's when it happens is on that Friday when they play two games in one day. You put Jordan Wicks out there. You say, hey, bud, we need you to go five. You might have to go six. And this is big boy ball now. Like we've seen you developing. We know what you can do. The The beauty with Wicks. And I, again, I have to shout out because it was perfectly said last night on dingers by Mitch. The reason Wicks makes so much sense to call up right now is because of his pitching to soft contact. He has a wicked changeup. It's by far his best pitch. And he generates a lot of that just soft contact on the infield. Well, what better team to have behind you than two likely gold glovers in, in Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson, uh, at least average third base right now between Candelario and Nick Madrigal, and at least a, a gold glove to average first base between Candelario and Bellinger. Like you have a very stout infield to support a guy like Jordan Wicks, who sure, maybe he might only strike out two or three guys, but if he can give you six innings of effective one earned, maybe two earned, and not walk a ton of guys. Just like you said, I, I think that's worth doing at this point to just see what can happen and, and over the course of the thing. And Scott, with some insight from Iowa here, says Shane Green tonight with Iowa, five innings pitched, four hits, no runs, six Ks, just the one walk. Sat down the last eight hitters, a guy that's been eating innings in Iowa. He has made four starts with the Iowa Cubs. And, and, you know, Nick, when you look at the Iowa Cubs right now, there aren't a lot of arms that when I go down there and I look, I go, oh, that guy's going to give you length. Because 
Ben Brown's pitched 65 innings over 15 starts. So you can do the general math over that and what that turns out to. It's about between four and five innings per start. Caleb Killian in 18 starts, 19 total appearances, but 18 starts, 93 innings, right? But we've seen what Caleb Killian does at the big leagues. And right now it hasn't necessarily worked out. And I don't know if Nick Meter is going to be the answer either. His 544 ARA, 20 starts, 23 total appearances. He's he's the uh, innings leader with 94 and a third. Maybe Green's an option, but I, I agree with Juice. I think the 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 really easy band aid is you're piggybacking Wesneski and Smiley. But I I am a firm believer right now that I, why not give Jordan Wicks a look. <laughs> What's the worst thing that happens? He has a bad start and you say, okay, kid, you weren't ready. We're going to put you back down in Iowa. Worst case scenario for him, at least gives him a taste. And who knows? Maybe he comes up and again, he doesn't need to be perfect. And, and Nick, I, I, again, I'm talking too much. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you here in a second. But like, think back to last season, right? What, what did Javier Assad do down the stretch as a starter? He wasn't out, outrageous. He wasn't, you know, burning through eight strikeouts a game, but he was minimizing damage and he was giving the Cubs a chance to win. And that's all they need from their starting pitching right now, the way the offense has been. Now the key is just getting those guys in position to do that. I I think Jordan Wicks can do that. I love the piggybacking idea. Maybe we do see a Shane Green, who knows, but they got to do something because if they're not going to get at least decent starting pitching out of that fifth spot without Stroman right now, this could get out of hand come later in the season when, again, it's great and all to move into the, the playoffs as a wildcard team, but they want to win the division. Let's be serious. Exactly. Yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Uh, just to sneak into the playoffs is not what you want overall as a franchise, as a, you know, a thing moving forward as a future goal. Um, so I honestly think that to piggyback like that would be the best solution are they going to choose it? I don't know. But you're right. To see Jordan Wicks, why the hell not? Why not give him a shot? Why not let him try it? Um, come up. What's the worst that happens? You know, I think that he could do well. And like you said, be almost like a, a Javier Saad where minimizing damage and just giving the Cubs bats an opportunity to heat up. Because we've seen it where they get hot just tonight. Exactly tonight. All of a sudden, two um, two run homers and they're, they were right back in it. So just guys that can kind of minimize the damage, like you said, is the best thing. And Nick's got the fire. <laughs> Talk about the craziest things that happened during a Cubs on tap while Nick's deal went off though. <laughs> oh, that, that was wild, man. That was right. Wild. <laughs> you know, and just adding on to what you had to say to Nick about, about Wicks, right? Like, I think the big criticism with Assad last season, he was giving them a chance to win, but he had to walk around. He had to, he had to work around a lot of walks. Try saying that yeah. sometimes fast. Wicks has only walked four or more batters twice this season in 20 starts. You know, he's got some three walk games go. in there too, but overall he's a one to two walk, a, a start kind of guy. Like he doesn't typically walk a lot of guys to me. That's exactly what this Cubs team needs. Limit the amount of base runners. If they're going to get hard contact off of you, that's one thing, but there's definitely a world where even if it's a little bit of hard contact up the middle, Dansby and Nico might be able to swallow one or two of those potential hits away because of their defense. 
You know what I mean? So it, it makes you start to wonder what, what's going on there. A couple of quick comments here, you know, from the uh, the comment section here, Nick. Uh, Juice is wondering, is Adrian Samson still out there? Heard he got released. True, he, he was released by the Rays uh, after that trade that sent him there. And then Juice also want to know, where's Tyler? There's a fire. Um, for those that don't know, Tyler is, uh, is, a, is a firefighter as well as a Cubs on tap member. Uh, and then Darren here in the comments saying, Smiley was left in too long. Irregardless of inning, he was into the third time around the order. See, but and that's the thing. I get that the, the starting pitching and Nick – I want to hear your thoughts too on this point. I get that starting pitching is not what it used to be where guys go seven and eight innings every start. But like, I I understand statistically the third time through the order is where guys got guys get got. Yeah. But they got to, at this point in the season, it's just, you got to battle. Yeah. You got to get through it. You got to put your best foot forward because again, we saw what happens. Like there is a, a real life case study in the last three years of this baseball team that shows you what happens when your starters only go five, you get 2021 all over again where the bullpen falls apart and you go on a 10 game skid and the whole team gets sold. We've seen it. You cannot burn the bullpen out at this point in the year. And I get it. I agree. Smiley. Yeah. He got, he got beat up, but he's got a battle. He's yeah. got a battle and they got to get as much out of him as they can. And I'll tell you what, Ross left him in there, I think, as long as he possibly could have. But then look, you only get three and two thirds out of your starter. Now, tonight's a night where you have to. Now, again, thankfully, Wes Nesky gives you a good chunk of those innings. You only use three bullpen arms tonight. But what happens if it's like yesterday where they ended up having to use uh, quick math here, five bullpen arms? <laughs> You don't want to do that on a regular basis. And, and that's the thing. And I hear you, Darren. He says, you're exactly right. But Smiley's battle fatigued at the moment. We have no good option. I agree. And that's where I think, you know, between the front office and Ross, because they are a a unit that works together. The the managers, to me, the manager is the the bridge between the front office and the players, right? Like that's kind of the very 30,000 foot view of what the manager does. They've got to figure out something right now. So Nick, I want to know. In your humble opinion, what you're in Jed's chair, you got, you got all the ability to go beep, boop, 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 and pull all the levers. What are you doing right now to solve the fifth starter issue, given the Marcus Stroman injury and the obvious Drew Spiley struggles? Yeah, man. Um, it's a chair that I definitely would not want to be in, but I, when I think about it, I would definitely probably have to go to Wisniewski first to see what he can give me and see if he can hold things down. But you need a second option because I don't think you're going to be able to stretch him as long as you would want. Um, So like we said, a piggyback, um, it doesn't have to be Smiley. It could be someone else that just, you know, you can utilize, but someone to clean up the rest of Wisniewski's innings uh, if he can't stretch out the full five uh, because we would at least need five, like you said, it's it's not the typical thing anymore to get seven or eight innings like it used to be, but it really helps. Like it really, like you said, just not burning out the bullpen is huge. It's a huge thing for teams and it's a momentum thing. If you just, you get that big chunk out of the way and let your big arms come in and not work as hard, 
you know, it's just a no brainer. You're going to win. So the fifth spot. And I think a really good um, thing, like you said, was it doesn't have to be a guy that's just blowing the doors off, striking out everybody. It's a guy that can battle, can work through damage and can just get through the order um, and change things up. Smiley, like he has problems with changing things up. Um, when he's pitching, he just, it's very predictable. Everything mm-hmm. that he's throwing is very predictable, very flat. And, um, you know, guys are all over that. So you need a guy, like you said, that can go out there and not allow a lot of walks either, like, you know, Wick. So that's definitely an option. And I think um, what you said with the Cincinnati series, it's very intriguing because you're going to need a guy that day. And that could be the guy. And that could be a story too. It could be a storyline because if he comes out and does really well, it could be awesome. It'd be great for this Cubs team. So what do you have to lose? Yeah. And on top of it too, right. They're going to get the 27th man for that double header as well. I think that's also worth noting because that's just the rule that MLB instituted, you know, you play two, you get an extra roster spot for that day because they know they're going to need extra pitchers and it's just the name of the game. Um, my sneaky, uh, like idea that I, I kind of want to present. And, and then we got to talk a little bit about the offense, Nick, because there was some good coming from that today. Quick couple quick comments though. Um, Juice says, sounds like a roster construction issue, not Ross's fault. Scott comes in and says, Ross gets so much blame for the way Judd tried getting value out of players before the trade deadline, call it the talent, let Ross cook. Uh, and then Scott says, look at Ross's record last season and this season after the trade deadline. I agree completely. Um, I, I, I am not faulting anything on Ross. Truthfully, I, I'm, if anything, faulting it on the players. They just, they need to go out and get the job done. Weird option, Nick, especially after September 1 when the rosters expand. How cool would it be to see both Ben Brown and Jordan Wicks come up and maybe get used in a piggyback situation? Just themselves. <laughs> so- <laughs> where, where Wicks can go four innings, right? And maybe Brown can go three to four. And you just let their shit play. And just see what happens. You get the extra pitcher, and then you can use Wesneski and Smiley as actual bullpen arms. Yeah, I I think that would be absolutely the coolest fucking thing ever. Could you imagine how? Could you imagine how hyped up the the cup to me the Cubs clubhouse would be? You get two kids that are coming up that are again very highly regarded. They're both top twelve prospects for the Cubs. Wicks is number ten, and and uh, and and Mister Brown is number five. Number 92 overall in baseball as well, Mr. Ben Brown. But, like, could you imagine that? And plus you get the lefty-righty split just like you do with Smiley Wesneski. You let, you know, you let Wicks come great. up. You let him start the game. You let him go four. You know, he really works that changeup. P- players try to start sitting on that changeup. Then you bring Ben Brown in and just let him throw that nasty shit for three innings. <laughs> or maybe four. Maybe Best-case scenario, you get eight innings out of the two of them, and then it's Adbert yeah. shutting it down with the lead. That's the best case scenario where you use three pitchers to get through a game. And then, but then you have the rest of your bullpen with the extra bullpen arm because of the expanded rosters. It's a fantastic idea. I think it would be cool. That's just my crazy hypothetical scenario. It is crazy and hypothetical, but I think it's a fantastic (laughs) idea because then you have Smiley and Wisniewski as the bullpen arms that you want. And they can be used as those two to three inning guys like they have been. And then you don't even have to worry about it. You don't even have to play the let's just let's, you know, piggyback these two and see what we get out of them. Because 
Yeah. You can do that with two young guys who, again, really aren't stretched out. They typically only give you about five innings. So you allow them to, A, get real meaningful MLB experience in a playoff race. B, you tell them, hey, look, if you give us four, that's great. If you give us three and two-thirds, that's good. But you got to at least give us like three and two-thirds. But then they can go out there and they can throw a little harder, right? You can you can work. You don't have to conserve for 90 to 100 pitches. You, you can maybe get through 85 pitches in four innings, right? You can give it a little more gas. And then you can let these guys' stuff just play. And then if Strowman comes back, you send them back down and you keep it moving. Right. Like, I, I mean, yeah. to me, that would be something that would be really interesting to see. I don't know if that's going to be the case. One last comment here before we look toward the offense. Um, Darren says, I think they are trying smiley before Wesneski to try to get the right handed batter, uh, right handed batted order uh, in place. So Wesneski can get an inning or two right handed bats before they ladle him with lefties. Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I think that lefty righty does the split. If you're going to stack guys makes a lot of sense. So. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but if I'm in judge chair, I'm like, hey, Ben, hey, Jordan, you guys want to get some MLB experience and uh, pitch on the same day together? Uh, here we go. You guys are going to go out there and you're going to start and um, just give it all, give it your all and let's see what happens because uh, the Cubs need it at this point. Nick, quickly here to the offense because there was still some good. Again, it feels like this team just doesn't quit. I think if anything, that is what we learned from tonight. You got to love what you saw. Bellinger had a little bit of a rough time with the strike zone, struck out twice looking, but had the double uh, magical with a pinch hit um, or a hit in a pinch hitting spot. Um, also Candelario, two hits, one of them being the home run. Say Suzuki with a pair of hits as well. And a walk he's been on fire in the month of August. And then Dansby Swanson, the two hits, uh, a homer and a two run single four ribbies for captain clutch in that five spot. I mean, Nick, at least one thing, I don't like silver linings all the time, but a silver lining tonight, the bats showed they can respond to adversity just as yeah. they did tonight. You come back from down 3-0 to take a lead, and then they battle back again to at least make it interesting and make it a 7-6 a to six game until you get into the eighth inning. This Cubs team really doesn't quit. Yeah, it does not quit at all. And like you mentioned, Swanson, those four RBIs, just an unbelievable game from him offensively. And – like you said, you know, the, the bats, they don't quit. Uh, that's what you want to see. We, The feel of it, I don't know about you, but the feel of it early on was, oh, this is going to be disastrous. And then uh, they came out and took that 4-3 to three lead, and I was so excited. But I knew that it wouldn't hold with Smiley still out there. I didn't know it would get that bad. But then they still kept battling. And um, at the end there, you're like, oh, just get that one more run. And, you know, Bellinger was robbed by Meadows, that amazing catch in center field out there. Pretty. So, you know, it's just unfortunate. A couple things could have gone another way. Um, that ball, that double um, that ended up hitting off the wall, the left field wall, if it would have just snuck right down there, then we would have had a tie game. So a lot of things, you know, offensively were really good tonight and they were just a hit or, you know, a couple feet away from this whole game being different, but unfortunately takes pitching and hitting <laughs> that it does. It's hard when you uh, give up eight total runs to, uh, to win ball games, even when you do manage right. to score six, uh, Nick, thankfully they can put this one behind them. We will do the same, but before we do any final thoughts from you, before we look ahead to Wednesday. Yeah. You know, 
It's a tough one, right? Because you could look at this as a really bad game because it's the Tigers. Um, or you could look at it like uh, you should as a baseball fan. The offense showed up. They didn't look like they gave up at all. They fought to the very end, um, and you can't win them all. So that's how I'm looking at this one. I'm not too worried about it. I think they can come out, and I'm really looking to uh, see what Tyone does. Yeah, agreed. Uh, tomorrow, a very critical game. I remember on Sunday's show with Tyler, I said, I said, ideally you wanted to take the first two knowing that day three was an opportunity to get you. And we'll, we'll talk about why that is the case here in a second. But um, again, rubber match on, on, on Wednesday, you gotta, you gotta take care of business. Now, if you are the cubbies um, just a quick, a couple of final thoughts from the comment section before I'll uh, share mine. Um, Deuce says, I think the Ben Brown thing is fun, but unlikely due to oblique injury circumstances. Agreed and understood. Uh, Scott says Amaya will be an elite catcher. He impresses me every time he is on the field. Uh, totally fair there. I, I, I think Amaya is going to be great as well. Um, Darren says, why did they pinch hit Madrigal for Talkman when Talkman has the better on base and ops in that situation? Uh, a fantastic question. Uh, you know, I think in that scenario, I think they were just, they were, you know, hoping for Madrigal to come through and do something different. I mean, admittedly, I mean, Madrigal had two plate appearances. I think he came in when there was a lefty in the game. So that might've been part of it. And then they just got him back by obviously going back to a righty and, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way baseball is played. And then um, Scott said, win the series. That's it. That's the goal. I agree completely there. Hank with an interesting here thing here, though, um, that I just wanted to elaborate on. He says, Jed signed Smiley to two years, 19 mil instead of my uh, Wade Miley, who signed for one year, four and a half with the Brewers. One thing I will say about the Smiley thing, everybody says, yeah, well, you know, it, it was a 19 million dollar contract. Well, he's only getting eight in the first year, eight and a half in the second year. There's a 10 million dollar mutual option for a third year. So this thing, that was not a good contract. I remember when that was signed and being like, you're going to give that to a guy that's like good, but not great. Like, oh, that's a lot of money. And that might come back to backfire them. I wouldn't be shocked if in the off season, especially if they make a lot of moves uh, just on the roster in general to try and improve. Um, if they don't package Drew Smiley with something, if there's a big trade, just to try to get that dollars off the books. Cause that contract's looking ugly. Again, the 10 million is a mutual option. It's not a player option. So the Cubs can say no, and it doesn't happen, but you're still on the hook for eight and a half million next season with him. Uh, my final thought, Nick, um, Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy indeed. Uh, how good Alex Lang has become. Uh, for those that don't remember, Alex Lang was a Chicago Cubs first round draft pick and a top prospect once upon a time. He was uh, a part of those trades that uh, ultimately got a couple of key pieces from the Tigers during that 2017 season. Alex Avila, uh, Justin Wilson. Um, it's the trade that set Heimer Candelario over to the Detroit Tigers. And, um, you know, Lang's still the piece that's there, and, and now he's turned into a pretty good closer for them. So uh, good for him. Uh, you know, again, just it's good to see. It's cool seeing guys that actually make it to the majors come out of the Cubs organization. Um, but nonetheless, uh, certainly things that you would like to see. Uh, quick comments here, too. Hank says both Jed and Ross deserve credit and scrutiny. Nobody's immune from criticism. Completely agree. And uh, Darren says, yeah, it was a lefty. Talkman is the better ops on lefties over magical. Ain't that weird? Yet they put, they don't play Talkman in – against lefties i that that is one thing that drives me nuts from a line of construction perspective it talkman's not that bad against lefties where you can't play him that day and yet they they managed to make it a whole scene and i actually have a little bit more on that here in a second uh nick because let's look ahead to tomorrow's game so it's an early game on wednesday it's getaway day 
for the Cubbies. They will be heading to Pittsburgh for a four-game set starting on Thursday night. Um, so game three from Comerica Park in Detroit, Michigan, begins at 12.10 Central Time. So you'll be eating your lunch when the Cubbies throw the – or pardon me, when the Tigers throw the first pitch. Um, it is Jamison Tyone versus Tariq Skubal. Um, Tyone, the righty, 7-8 and eight on the season, 5.56 ERA. He took that loss last week. Should not have been his fault. Patrick Wisdom should get a half a loss for that one. Um, and Tariq Skubal having a really good year for the Tigers. He didn't pitch the whole season because of some injury early on, but he's come back and been really good. Three and two, but a 376 ERA uh, for Skubal so far this year. And Nick, to uh, the point that was made about lefties, it's a lefty on the bump tomorrow. And I swear to God, I swear, if I see that lineup that I saw on Friday at Wrigley against the Royals, where Patrick Wisdom is is playing first base again, I am going to have a hissy fit in the middle of the day, like a twelve or like a twelve month toddler who just got their favorite toy taken away. I am going to be absolutely livid if Patrick Wisdom's in the lineup tomorrow playing first base. If he's DHing, cool. If he's playing third, cool. But if he's at first base, Oh my God, Scott, you might hear me all the way in Iowa, brother. It's going to be bad. I will be livid because that lineup they trotted out last Friday was atrocious. It was Stop terrible. fucking with the lineup so much. Play the best nine players every day and just let shit happen. Tyone pitched fine, but guess what? If he has a competent defensive first baseman there, maybe they win the game. You never fucking know. That's my thoughts, Nick. Yeah. I want a good lineup tomorrow. I want Tyone to literally Tyone to pitch the same way he did against the Royals. He was fine. Yeah. He gave you six yeah. really good innings. That's all this team needs. Six really good innings. And like Darren says, if Talkman's isn't leading off, he's screaming. I'm screaming. We're all screaming for ice cream and Mike Talkman to lead off. Nick, what do the Cubs need to do tomorrow to win the series? Well, first off, Mike Talkman needs to lead off. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, he does. Um, and I don't want to see wisdom at first. I want to see a competent first baseman. Um, I cannot take any more bad first baseman play this year. It's killing me. I swear we've lost at dreams. least two games because of the first base. At least two. Nick, I still but, I still have my nightmares where Trey Mancini lines up at first base. <laughs> London, I'm screaming yeah. in the middle of the night because I'm so scared. Me too. It was <laughs> It was a turning point. It really was. It was. It really created a bad stretch of baseball. They got to go out there, be the solid defensive team that they are, um, and these bastards got to continue to do what they're doing because it's been fun to watch. Um, and Suzuki's got to stay hot because when Suzuki's hot, it's fun, fun times. And that lineup just looks so much deeper when Seiya's on. It yeah yeah so much it deeper. really does. It really does. It looks really good. Um, Christopher Morrell, I'm like starting to get a little bit nervous, but we'll see. Uh, he's that's just that's what comes with power hitting. You know, there's yeah. going to be slumps here and there. So, but yeah, overall, I think that tomorrow Tyone, like you said, if he pitches the way he did against the Royals, he'll be great. Um, he just continue to do what he was doing after, like you said, that rough stretch. Um, I believe that was Toronto or some Blue Jays. It was a bad, yeah, bad the Blue Jays yeah. was the, Blue Jays, was the yeah. only kind of blip on the radar since like July, early July. Yeah, he's, yeah, been, he's really been really good, good since like the end yeah, of June. Since, yeah, yeah. So he's just got to go out there and uh, continue to do what he's doing and be that solid arm. 
A hundred percent. And like you said, with Morrell, you know, over four tonight, but only one strikeout, like he's putting the ball in play. He had yeah. a really nice hard hit that just went straight to a guy. Sometimes that happens. That's baseball. Um, you know, and, and a great point here too, from Darren, he says, great point guys. Wisdom could DH. Maybe Morrell needs a day off or two. Yeah. And you know what, if wisdom gets into one tomorrow and sends one into, into the outfield. Great. That's exactly yep. what he's there for. He doesn't yeah. need to play first base. Let him DH. I'm not mad about that. <laughs> Also, speaking of the lineup, when we're on that topic really quick here, Nick, um, Ian Happ needs to get the hell out of the three-hole. Plain and simple. It just needs to happen at this point. Uh, another rough night from Happ tonight. He did score a run. He did walk. But another 0-4 night from Happ in that three-hole. He, bump him down to seven. Bring Candyman up to three. Talkman to lead off. Nico to bat two. Belly's in four. Swanson's in five. Seah's six whoever's catching or or playing third or eight and nine and run it. That's yeah. what the lineup needs to be. Just let that be what it is. They'll be just fine. That's that looks beautiful. And I, I hope that's what they ultimately end up doing tomorrow. Um, but Nick, again, early game. Also uh, another final thought, uh, bring the smelling salts. The Cubs need to get the hell up for this one. It's a, it's a fast turnaround. So, Good night, rest tonight. And if I'm Ross, I've got sticks of smelling salts throughout the dugout tomorrow. And I'm walking around and just going, take a little and go, <laughs> and let the little, let them yep. get ready because it's an early game. It's going to be an early game for these guys. So uh, they're going to need it. And again, then you have a, a full day plus to rest because that Pittsburgh game doesn't start until six o'clock local time on Thursday night. So, and it's a, that's a short flight. It's an hour flight from Chicago to Pittsburgh. It's a puddle jumper of a flight. You can't even get to like a cruising altitude. You probably get to like 15,000 feet. And then they tell you we're landing in Pittsburgh because Detroit and Pittsburgh are only how many miles apart. They could probably bust it if they really wanted to and save some money. Um, they'll fly, but you know, you get, you get the, you get the deal. Dirt says, yes, candy to third. We need to start a hashtag hashtag candy man play hashtag, hashtag candy man bats third. There That's we go. it right there. Hashtag candy man bats third. Um, I'll, I'll do my damnedest to remember that in the morning and, and we'll get that tweet going. Hashtag Candyman bats third. It would be nice. We'll see what happens. Nick, before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody Cubs on tap. One of two official Cubs podcasts here covering the Chicago Cubs here at the on tap sports network. Check out our friends over at the dingers podcast. They were live last night. If you missed the show, you can rewatch it right here live on the on tap sports that YouTube channel, or I guess it wouldn't be technically live, but you get the point. Um, watch it here at the on tap sports that YouTube channel, or you can go ahead and listen to it wherever podcasts, uh, you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can find them there as well at Dinger Cubs on the socials. The boys do a great job covering the Cubbies. Again, a great show from them last night. Be sure to follow us too at Cubbies on Tap on the socials. I am at Loose on Tap. He is at Nick underscore on Tap um, at Juice on Tap at Joey Knows Nothing at Teddy Fred 270 at Bulls Guy. Rob, you know the drill. Follow everybody. Uh, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. Everything is starting to ramp up as fall gets here in the leaves start to chip. Pumpkin spice is already out for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know fall sports are on the horizon, folks. Yeah. Um, be sure to tune in with all of others, our other shows as the fall sports begin to ramp up here in the coming weeks. And yes, Cubs fans, they got something good to talk about today. Kenny and Rick yeah. are gone. Sox fans are rejoicing. It's like the Red Sea has parted. It's like <laughs> it's like the Mona Lisa has been found. Whatever analogy you want to use, good things happened on the South Side for them tonight. So send your celebrating White Sox friends to our celebrating White Sox friends over at Sox on Tap. They do a great job covering the boys on the South Side. Once again, on tapsports.com at on tapsports on social media. 
the on tap sports on tap sports network go ahead and check out what's on tap in chicago sports almost stumbled there but we're doing okay nick it's always a pleasure my friend thank you for joining me tonight cubs unfortunately fall to the tigers eight to six uh but they're back for a early and uh quick turnaround in the rubber match on wednesday with scuba versus tyone on the bump and then they will head to pittsburgh for four games over the weekend nick what do you say buddy we get out here the only way we know at cubs on tap heck yeah fuck the cardinals yeah fuck the brewers too and let's go cubbies